This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to The Rest is Football with me, Gary Lineker, alongside Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. And with the Premier League kicking off tonight, it's time for our season predictions. On today's episode, we're going to go through all 20 Premier League teams to look at what they've been up to this summer and how we think they're going to get on this year. This is going to be a slightly different episode, uh, let, let me just tell you, because we wanted to do a special looking at all the teams going ahead this season rather than our future episodes, which mostly will be chatting about events, what's happened, what's going to happen, our stories, etc. But this one, we're going to be focused on each and every team. And we'll start before we go to those teams, Micah, with how you think um, Burnley will get on against your old club. Ooh, it's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to the game tonight, so I'll see, you know, I'll keep a close eye on it. Uh, I think with Burnley... Well, you have to because you're ambassador. <laughs> Burnley have invited me, actually. I'm in the programme oh. and everything, to be honest, Alan. I've got more than just Man City friends. You do know that, don't you? I'm not surprised. Big Mix is everywhere. Everyone loves him. <laughs> I think the way Burnley approach football is the new modern way. They've got a great manager... A great person, first and foremost. And the way he's been able to implement his style of play at Burnley so soon, I think Burnley will have a massive effect. Similar to how Sheffield United, when they first came, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I think they'll be vulnerable at times when they're attacking. I think they'll concede a lot of goals, but I think they'll stick to their characteristics I think they'll be very entertaining and I think there'll be a few surprises in how they 
do in the Premier League. Tough opener for them, Alan, though. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been any tougher. Um, I think they'll make it very difficult for Man City this evening. Um, I think it, I'm expecting a good game. You're never going to see players at their very best on the, until until they're, they're up to speed and after four or five games. But I do expect them to give a good game because I think the atmosphere there will be it'll be tough. It'll be hard for uh, for City, but I just think their quality will get through in the end, and I I would expect them to win tonight. Okay, um, let's get started because uh, 20 teams, it's going to take quite a while to get through. We wanted to talk about all the clubs on this podcast, not just focus on, obviously, the top few. Um, So what we're going to do, we're going to get them into categories. We're going to go through each team in alphabetical order. And uh, I want us all to decide whether they'll be the champions in the top four, uh, Europe, mid-table, in a relegation fight, or relegated. And uh, Alan, Micah, it's time to lay your cards on the (laughs) table. And we're going to start with, you might think, Arsenal or even Aston Villa, but no, it's Bournemouth because it's AFC Bournemouth. So therefore, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Come on, Gary. We're trying to do things right. Um, Bournemouth's an interesting one, isn't it? Because a lot of people tip them to go down last season. Uh, They managed to stay up. Gary O'Neill did a a fabulous job when he came in for Scott Parker. And then, slightly bewildering perhaps, they let him go at the end of the season. And um, we've now got Andoni Iraola, who's come in. Uh, what do we make of that decision? I thought it was very, very harsh. Um, after the job he did, I thought it was a miracle that he uh, that he kept them up. I mean, the way Scott Parker left, basically got himself sacked after that terrible result at, uh, at Anfield, wasn't it? But then, yeah, I, I thought Gary did a great job. And uh, uh, without doubt, he deserves to be uh, given the opportunity at least to do the same again. So for him to not even not even make it to uh, to pre-season was, was very harsh. So, yeah. um, I mean, you don't make any friends by doing that, but I don't suppose the owners want to make friends. They want to get results and they're entitled to make that decision. But I think it'll be another tough, long, hard season for Bournemouth and I see them in a relegation battle again. Well, they've brought in Andoni Eraula and his style has been described as uh, rock and roll. <laughs> we'll take that though, won't we? You know, we, uh, sometimes... <laughs> well, can you do that with, with the players perhaps that Bournemouth have got? No, but us as broadcasters, I think it'll be really entertaining. I think that's what we want to see. We want to see a little bit of a flavour, a little bit of sauce within the league. But if I'm being totally honest, I agree with Alan... It was, I won't say stupid to get rid of O'Neill, but it just got him to a place of stability where he could build on mm. that and then the get rid of that. So I think Bournemouth are going down. Sorry, Bournemouth fans. I, I think they're going down. Well, I see where you're coming from, Micah, but I th- I think they'll struggle. I think they'll, but they'll just about avoid uh, relegation. Um, I didn't like what they did to uh, Gary O'Neill, um, but he has got another job, which we will discuss towards the end of the podcast. Uh, let's move on um, to Arsenal. Um, it's it's interesting signing uh, David Raya. I don't know what that means for, for Ramsdale. Has he brought in as a, a replacement or as a backup? Because you've got to have two good keepers nowadays, I guess. Yeah, I know you have to have two good goalkeepers, Gary, but when you've got two very good goalkeepers and two number ones because that's essentially what they are. Um, I mean, Ramsdale had a really good season last season, played a huge part in what Arsenal what Arsenal did. Um, Rea had a very good season and played a huge part in what Brentford did. So, um, yeah, it's that's a tough one and trying to keep both 
both number ones happy is gonna is gonna be a tough job for Arteta. We we kind of covered a little bit in the first podcast that we did, didn't we? Um, where we thought who would win the title race, and I said I thought Arsenal would win it. Um, Jesus is subsequently injured, but I'm gonna stick with my uh, <laughs> my prediction at that point. Um, I mean, if they can improve one position from last season, um, they'll do well. <laughs> no, I, 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 I agree. I think they will challenge. I, I think it's going to be top, you know, we're saying top four, but I think it'd be top two. I, I, I just think with Arsenal. Psychologically, got- how important was it to win the Community Shield? Massive, massive for, for them and the fans to, to believe because, you know, they know they can beat Man City. I mean, if Foden takes that chance when he goes through, made a great stage from Ransdale, wasn't it? But I just think with with Man City, who they can apply on, on the pitch or bring on at any time and the the, the quality they can bring. With, with Arsenal, where Jesus got injured, they just came a, a, a different team. There wasn't as potent in front of goal. Of, of course, last season with Saliba getting injured was was massive for them. They brought in. Nketiah obviously- had a good run at it, didn't he, for a little while? Yes, he had an amazing run. Really good young player. I think he's got a, a really good future ahead of him. Can Havertz play as a nine, Alan? Well, he's playing as a nine at Chelsea. Come on, Al. Well, he can, but I'm not sure he can do the job that they that they would want. I mean, they've already got a problem with Jesus, haven't they? So, um, in terms of in terms of injuries, yeah, I I, I would have them. I would have them in second position. Me, I just think that the quality that City have, um, I just expect City to uh, to do the same again. They may have a slow start. They may have a little bit of a hangover, but they've proved that they can recover from that. But I do see Arsenal pushing City. All the way again, because okay. I've been impressed with uh, with their signings. Um, so I mean, they've they've spent an absolute fortune. Two hundred million. Them, the back the manager, absolutely. So, and you're not spending that to finish second again. Yeah. You can tell what they want and their intentions. They want to go out and they're going to want to go one better. But I just think with City's quality, I'm I'm going to go with City again. Okay. Well, I'm going to stick with Arsenal. Um, I think Rice would make a real difference. I thought he had a mm-hmm. terrific game in the Community Shield, as did um, Timber as well. Mm. There was their other signing. Of course. Uh, let's move on to um, Aston Villa. They had a brilliant season, didn't they, uh, last year? They finished seventh. Um, but of course, they've got to cope with that busy um, European uh, schedule now because they're in the, um, the European Conference League. So um, how will they do? He did a great job, Emery, didn't he? Yeah. Um, well, he's the man uh, that knows how to yeah. navigate Europe, that's for sure yeah. as well. He's, um, and he's a very clever coach and by all accounts, they, uh, they, they love him at, uh, at Villa. Um, made some made some clever signings as well, I think. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would th- not so much as a surprise package because everyone so- sort of saw them and, and what they did last season, but um, I've got them, uh, I've got them challenging certainly to go better than they did last year in a top six. Okay, Micah, they made some interesting signings. Paul Torres um, in particular. Um, Yuri Tielemans got on a free. That's good, a, a good sign. And I've watched him play for years for, for Leicester, of course. And someone called uh, Rico Richards. I thought, was, I thought I read Micah Richards uh, <laughs> for a minute, for a free from, from West Bromwich Albion. Um, can they improve on what they did last season? It's a, it's a big ask to do that. No, I think they'll be there or thereabouts where they were. I think the extra games will be difficult, but I want to talk specifically about Pau Torres. He is got all the ability to be a world-class 
centre half. He's he's left footed. I uh, watched him a lot in the, in the Champions League. He mm. played against Man United in Europa League, um, and he's just. The way From he Villarreal. reads the game at Villarreal and the way he comes out with the ball, his technique for a centre-half, for a modern-day player, is exactly what he is. Um, it might take him a little bit of time to adjust to the physicality of the Premier League, but once he does that, and the competition with, with, with Mings as well, I think he's going to be one of the signings of the season. Yeah, they've had a good pre-season as well. I'm actually- and Diaby as well. Diaby's a good player as well. He, he, he might score a few. So where have you got them, Micah? What's your... Uh, yeah, I'm going to say 7th, 8th, similar to last season, fighting for, so Europe, for, for Europe, Europe. Europe, yeah. I'm going to go Europe as well. Um, I think uh, for Aston Villa, I think they'll um, do well. I really like Unai Emery. I think he's a terrific yep. coach. Um, and talking of um, terrific coaches, let's move on to, to Brentford. Um, wh- what a season they had last year, uh, didn't they? Uh, in, in ninth place, uh, good manager. Yeah, good manager, clever, uh, clever manager, and that that stadium is bouncing, which obviously helps them. But what is going to be a huge miss for them is uh, is is Tony, um, Tony with yeah. his uh, with his suspension. Um, they finished last season in ninth, which, as you said, was remarkable. Uh, I don't have them doing uh, so well this year, um, but again, I think they'll be in and around mid table, which for Brentford, I think they would be more than happy with, wouldn't they? Brentford have though lost their goalkeeper David Raya. He's just gone to. Arsenal um, that's going to be a, a big loss for them isn't it even though they've got the yeah. obviously Fleckens coming in um, they were ready for that yeah bit of a surprise um, Rhea going to Arsenal um, be a big loss for uh, for Brentford that. I know they've made a huge profit on him um, but they have signed Mark Flecken from Freiburg for around about £11 million so they obviously knew something was going to happen in, in that department but he will be a big loss to him because he's a he's a very very good goalkeeper I would be at the same Alan as as you Gary mid, mid table I don't think they'll do any better than that it's that not would ju- be good though wouldn't it, yeah, it, it absolutely. It'd, be, it'd be great but you're missing you're missing Tony I only have him like mid table just because I believe what the manager is saying and the message and the style of play which is implemented. So I will say, yeah, mid-table, great season for for Brentwood. And Burmo's got a step up this this year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same uh, mid-table because of Frank. I think he's he's excellent. It's a well-run club as well. As is Brighton, another mm. team. We've got the you know three clubs on the bounce there, haven't we? That um, um, Aston Villa, Brentford, and now Brighton that all performed brilliantly, and probably with the three surprise packages of last season that they finished sixth. They've got European uh, football, and uh, they played some beautiful stuff last season, didn't they? Outstanding. Um, they're just. Again, another modern day team, because when I went to Italy to play and you watch all the teams, they play the same way, but they've just got better players. The same when you go to to Spain as well. Whereas when you come to the Premier League, you have to be a little bit different and they've managed to play great football, really get good recruitment in and then manage to to find gems while still playing at the same level. Level keeping um, Moises Caicedo will be very mm. important for them if they can. I mean, they've lost McAllister already. Um, that'd be really tough for them to cope with, wouldn't it, Alan? Yeah, um, I'd be surprised if he was still a Brighton player come the end of the uh, the transfer window. I think with with who's chasing him, uh, I know they'll be tough negotiators, but I think in the end they'll get what they want. Um, 
so for that for that reason, I uh, I mean, six they were last year, I think, and I I don't see them I don't see them getting into that position again, particularly with losing uh, as you said, McAllister and, and possibly him. Um, so I've got them in and around mid table. I'm hearing of a young lad called Simon Adingra. He's 18 year old Ivorian uh, who's had a brilliant preseason apparently. Um, I'm hearing he's a bit tasty. Looking forward to seeing him on match of the day. Yeah, and scored a couple of goals in uh, in preseason. Uh, only young though; it's a big ask for someone mm. that that uh, that age to come in and do so well in the uh, in in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I'll, they'll they'll be safe again. I expect them to play that great football and and passing out from the from the uh, from the back. Uh, I've seen a couple of clips in in preseason. I mean, one where the uh, where they played Newcastle was just uh, unbelievable. You were watching um, the Newcastle game, were you? Huh? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surprise! Of course. Well, just yeah. before we. Just before we go on, Jao Pedro. Remember I yes. said it here first. We've Obviously, people know about him because he was at Watford, but he's only young. I thought he was a lot older than he was. He'll be outstanding for, for Brighton this year. Brighton's recruitment has been brilliant in recent seasons as well. So um, I'm going to go with them in a mid-table position. Alan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have them mid-table. I think they'll find it difficult, in uh, particularly in Europe, uh, yep. with the number of players that they'll have to use. So, yeah, I've got them in comfortably in mid-table. Micah, same. I echo that mid-table. Right, it's the turn of Burnley. We've obviously already mentioned them because they're playing in the opening fixture uh, this evening against uh, Manchester City. But in general terms, um, it's very interesting, isn't it, with Vincent Kompany that he actually started pre-season two or three weeks earlier than all the other clubs. He brought them in. Does that surprise you knowing him, Micah? No, it doesn't surprise me. That's exactly what what he's like. I remember when I was his assistant uh, captain and I had to take care of all the fines and everything. And if a fines one on his desk by the end of the day, he'd give me a fine. He's that sort of person. <laughs> when, when, when he's in it, he's Find in the it. finer. Find the finer. <laughs> but I just think Burnley will compete because of the style he's, he's been able to implement so soon. And he's a perfectionist. So... Until he gets exactly what he wants, he, he won't stop. And that's why they were so successful in the championship. Excited to see what he could do in, in the Premier League now. I believe he can do it, but he just needs to show everybody now. And I think they'll do that. I, I tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing, um, which is quite unusual. We've mentioned a few of them actually in this podcast, goalkeepers, um, but they've um, signed uh, James Trafford, haven't they, from Manchester City for 19 million. And and he was obviously one of the big stars of um, the England under 21 winning team this summer. Um, didn't concede a goal. He made that uh, fantastic uh, penalty save right at the death. So it, it'd be interesting to see how um, he fares. Yeah, it's always. I mean, it's, it's a as we know, a really, really tough position at, at, at any age. But for a, for a youngster going in there, and he's going to be tested because at times they're going to be under pressure this season. A lot of the times they're going to be under pressure. So yeah, it's um, it's a big season for him, and they've paid a lot of money for him. Um, so they're expecting big things from. So you're right. Yeah, we'll look forward to see how he does. Just one yeah. thing: his interview after he saved the penalty, he said. <laughs> He knew he was going to save it. It was just so blasé by Sam. I just love that confidence. I just love it. Yeah, it was, it was terrific. I'm going to go for um, Burnley to fight relegation, but stay up. What about you two? Yeah, me, me the same. I think um, I think they'll have enough to stay up. Um, when I look around, who are uh, who are going to be in the relegation battle? I think they'll uh, they'll have they'll have too much, and it'll be tough for them at times this season, and they'll be under pressure a lot of times. But they'll have enough to stay up, in my opinion. 
I'm gonna go mid table. I'm putting I knew a lot you of. Would. You don't upset Vincent, do you? <laughs> look oh. at him looking after his mate. Look at him. <laughs> I want to get in the players' lounge and all that. <laughs> Just because you're in the program on Friday night, that's what you've said, isn't it? Yeah, he's going. He's at the ground. Everyone's going to go. Oh, Micah, thank you so much. Why don't you we go to full you, hog Micah. and say European football? No, no, let's hey. not push it now, guy. Come on. Okay. <laughs> I think probably one of the most difficult clubs to predict this season uh, will be Chelsea. But I think surely we can safely say they will be higher than last season's incredibly low 12th position. <laughs> yeah, they'll, de- they'll de- definitely be better than 12th. Um, I mean, it was pretty embarrassing what happened with Chelsea last year, I think. Well, why, do you, of- why do you think it did? What went wrong? Was it was it the um, managerial errors? Was it ownership buying too many players? What was it? You've got to try and give your coach the best opportunity possible and I just don't think the owners did that I thought they made it very difficult not impossible but very very difficult um, with a number of players they brought in how, how on earth as a manager can you keep that many players happy um, it's it was uh, yeah almost impossible for them so um, 12th position it was but they're gonna they're gonna they'll improve on that I think they've it's a great sign in getting Pochettino very clever manager, coach. Um, they've made some decent signings and there's still a couple of weeks to go and I'm sure they'll sign a couple more to give them the best opportunity. I know Nkunku's going to be out with uh, for a few months with a, with a mm-hmm. knee injury, which is really unfortunate, but I've got them challenging for Europe again. I don't see them getting into the top four, uh, but I do think they'll challenge for Europe again and they have to with the money that they spent. Micah? I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know, Al. I, you think about when you was a manager you know? in Newcastle, and if you would have been given a ray of talent, you would have picked the best out of that talent and still gone down. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say owner, as a manager, owner's dream, apart from if the manager, the owner saying, you must play this player. But if he's just bringing in talent for you to to pick your best 11 or best squad with, surely as a manager, that's what you, you want. I think too many excuses was aimed at the ownership of Chelsea last season. But I think they'll do a lot better. New, I agree with Alan in terms of the manager. I really rate him. We worked with him at the World Cup. Really intelligent. Knows exactly what he wants. So I'm going to say... Just missing out on top four, but going for for Europa League. Yeah, it's interesting the amount of players that, that were actually gone. Mount, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, Pulisic, Mendy, Aubameyang, Azpilicueta, Kante. That's a squad in itself. So um, I think it's going to take probably time, although they've had a good uh, pre-season. Nicholas Jackson's um, been scoring a few goals. Um, good signing, we think, from Villarreal. So I'm going to go with European football, like Alan, but... I can't see top four. I think it's too big a gap to bridge, I think. Just miss out on Champions League. Europa League. Just miss out, yeah. Europa League it is. Um, right, Crystal Palace, um, interesting one. They're going to have to do without Wilfred Zahar for the first time uh, in an awfully long period. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how um, they do. Yeah, I still think they'll have enough talent and um, they've gone with, with Roy again, um, with, uh, with his know-how, with uh, his experience. So yeah, I, 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 they'll have enough. I'm really excited to see, uh, to see Franca, who they've, they've brought in, youngster. From Brazil. From Brazil. Um, yeah. 
hopefully bring a few goals. And 26 million quid. And did you see, I, I saw that he had a few add-ons, including one that he, he, he'll, he'll get 5 million quid extra if he get, wins the Ballon d'Or. And I thought to myself, if he wins the Ballon d'Or playing for Crystal Palace, <laughs> I mean, Steve Parrish needs to dig a bit deeper than that, surely. If he gets a Ballon d'Or, Micah will give him the 5 million as well, wouldn't he, Micah? <laughs> Be careful. But they do oh, say no, I'm not the same wages anymore. <laughs> yeah, we should learn by that mistake Lineker made. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ez, we'll be looking forward to seeing Eze again. He really shone last season, didn't he? Eze and Elise, yeah. Um, if they can keep hold of him, I know there's there's been there's been interest. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see them battling relegation. I don't see them challenging for Europe. I see them mid table. Yeah, Roy Hodgson. He's a reliable, safe pair of hands that um, they rely on. <laughs> Mid-table, Micah, or better? Or worse? I think struggle. I think struggle worse. Oh. I think Zaha took on so much for that team. Yes, Elise, great young talent. Eze will step up and be the, the main man, but Zaha got him out of the pickle so many times in recent history. So I'm just going to go... Staying up, but struggling. Struggling to avoid relegation. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Alan, mid-table. Yep. Now, the next club I'm a little bit worried about as a former player of, of Everton. Um, they had a really tough time last season. I don't think the fans will be particularly encouraged by what's happened in the summer. Um, I think even Sean Dyche himself has described it as a difficult window. Could be another tough battle. But if there is a man that can keep a side up, then he's he's done that and he's got lots of experience in doing it. Micah? Yeah, I, I think Sean Dyche will get the best out of... With Burnley, if you look at recent history, they always were really fit, had a style of play. He's had a full pre-season. I think Everton will will struggle, but I don't think they will go down. I think they'll avoid relegation purely on the structure of of the team and grinding results out. Um, I know the last couple of seasons have not been pretty, but now you can f- forget last season. What I am a little bit baffled by is that their signings. You know, they're bringing Ashley Young, experienced pro. I get that, could play a variety of different positions. But then they've only got Dan Juma, who I think he's an excellent signing for them, but they need more. If they're going to stay up and stay up convincingly, they need more. But I just think they'll avoid relegation. Well, they've they've only bought the, got the two players in and one of them's Ashley Young and you mentioned Dan Juma, but they've out has gone Sims, Jerry Mina, Tom Davis, Begovic, a bit of experience, and, and Andros Townsend, and of course, Connor Cody, that experience that he brought, Alan. I mean, you have to worry for them, don't you? Yeah, I, I would be very worried if I was an Everton fan. I just, I think it's a, it's a football club that looks to be in trouble. Um, and the sooner something can happen in terms of ownership or whatever, I don't know, but... I would be really worried if I was an Everton fan with with what they've got at this moment in time. I know they've got Calvert Lewin, but he's got his injury issues. Um, if they can clear that up and 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 keep him fit, then it might be different. But how long have we been saying that for? Absolutely, I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I, I, I'm going to have them safe from relegation only because of their manager and who and what he is, and he's been there before and he knows how to navigate. But I see them having a long, hard season and surviving just. 
I'm going to say the same thing um, purely for emotional reasons, I think, but I, <laughs> I, I do fear the worst in some way. Right, on to uh, Fulham, another one of last season's, I think, star performance. They punched um, well above the weight that perhaps a lot of people thought they would do. They finished bang and halfway in 10th place and pretty much fancied them doing the same thing again. I mean, it's tough. It seems to be tougher sometimes in the second season. I think there's a lot to sort out then. I mean, the... the it looked as if he was gone, Marco Silva, and then it, it, Mitrovic said he wasn't going to play again. Yeah. Um, and th- those are two big questions, absolutely, aren't Absolutely, yeah. Um, I know they've got Raul Jimenez, so whether they're expecting something to happen and they may think he could replace uh, Mitrovic. But if, if they can um, resolve those issues, then in, the, in and around mid-table again, mm-hmm. I think, maybe not as high as 10th, but somewhere around there, 11th, 12th, 13th. Yeah, tough to replace... Someone like uh, Mitrovic, oh. though, isn't it, Micah? Such a handful. Yeah, you can't replace Mitch- Mitrovic. He's, he's he's too much of an asset to that team. The way they want to play, he know he knows the club. He had something to prove. Everyone called him a championship striker. He surely can do it on the Premier League. But I think Jimenez is a masterstroke signing. Get him for for little money. Everyone thinks best years are behind him with that horrendous injury that he had on, on his head. I just believe this is a massive comeback season for him. And even if Mitrovic was to leave, I think Jimenez can do the business. I think I think they'll be lower than last season. I think they'll st- struggle against relegation, but I think they'll stay up. Okay, we're going to take a little break now. Uh, after it, we'll have Liverpool, Manchester United, and we might even talk about Newcastle as well, Alan. <laughs> yes, please. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On to Liverpool. 
Had a bad season, really, by their standards, uh, didn't they? But certainly under Jurgen Klopp. Um, but they started to show um, a sign of form and a bit more encouragement towards the end of the seasons. They've kind of big of a shift, in, certainly in midfield area, haven't they? Yeah, it, they've. Um, I mean, they had to because of the players that they've uh, that they've lost, um, and they lose the the influential voice of Henderson in there and his character. I know he maybe not has played as much as he wanted to, but he's still in the dressing room and still a great character. So losing that, but they've um, the, the signings that they've made. Um, I, I still have one or two issues defensively uh, with them, but I'd, I see them being better than they were last season. I see them being better than in uh, in fifth position. And I've got them qualifying for the Champions League. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I've got them in the Champions League um, qualification this season. Uh, I think I think they could push quite closely towards the title. Um, obviously, they've lost a few players, but the interesting thing we're talking about midfield is is the emergence of Trent Alexander Arnold in that midfield kind of converted position. Um, I, I've been crying for him to play in midfield for years because I, I, I think he's the best passer of the football in the English game. Do you expect him to continue that role, Micah? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it helps him out um, defensively as well. So when you're sort of putting your team and have a structure and the way he was sort of getting in positions as a right back, it almost felt like he's always chasing the game or chasing his opponent. But when he goes into that midfield role, the way he plays and the way he presses, he can stop attacks from midfield, knowing that he's got protection behind. And we all know what he can do on the ball. I mean, Gary, you've been saying it for for a while now. I just think he's exceptional and I think he'll carry on in that position and it could help Liverpool in that central area, which... They've lacked at times. It's been too easy to go from back to front. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Yep, they brought in McAllister and uh, uh, Sabob's lie as well. Um, if that's how you say it, we'll have to work that one out before we start Mash of the Day, exactly how you pr- <laughs> pronounce his name. But he certainly looks like he's got some some talent, um, Alan. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But I, I don't think their business in terms of transfer is uh, is, uh, is finished also. So I think they'll they'll still get another one or two in by the time the end of August comes. Um, and that's why I've got them finishing the Champions League spot. Yeah, so have I. I think they'll go quite close. And I think I'm going to make a prediction that Darwin Nunes will score a lot of goals this season. And He's we'll had move a good pre-season as well, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. We'll move on now. Uh, Luton Town. Um, this is a fascinating little story, isn't it? Obviously, they, they've got to, still some work to do on their ground to get it um, fit for the Premier League. But it's 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 quite a story. Small club, of course, but they you know they've been in the top flight before. In my time, they were actually pretty good team. Um, they had lots of really really good players. Um, it's going to be tough, though. Surely. Go on, Micah. You can go first. Unfortunately, sorry, Luton fans, I've I've got you to go down. Just the experience, I think they're going to be too overwhelmed with the Premier League. They play some good football, but having watched them a couple of the games last season, and especially in the playoffs, I think they need a little bit more for Premier League football. I think it's a great story. I'm glad they got here, but I think it's going to be too much for them. I've got them to go down. Mm. Yeah, Rob Edwards did a, did a great job um, and getting them where they are and getting them into the Premier League, and you could see the celebrations that they uh, that they had. Um, no, I just I don't see them having enough quality, um, and I see them being relegated again. 
They have made a few signings. Um, they've got in Ross Barkley on a free from Nice, uh, which is nice. Um, they've also got, you know, Ryan Giles from Wolves, uh, Tahiti Chong from Birmingham for four million, um, Anderson from Barnsley. They've uh, kind of gone towards the lower leagues. They have got um, Issa Caboria from Manchester City on loan and, and they spent two and a half million quid on Thomas Kominiski. Um Is it going to be enough, Micah? It's, no, it's, it's not. It's is not it? enough. I think we it's, all. I think we all think they'll go down, but who knows? Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope the dope. But yeah, I think I think they're going down. Manchester City, they're definitely not going down. <laughs> and um, we all, we've kind of already tipped them. Uh, we made our predictions, didn't we, in the first podcast? And you both went uh, with Manchester City. Um, what can we look forward to most? Um, I mean, they play some exhilarating football. They've just won the treble. They're the obvious favourites for the league. What will Pep invent this year tactically? <laughs> He'll probably put Kovacic up front, won't he? <laughs> He's a good signing, isn't he? Oh, wow. He's yeah. very excited about Kovacic. And I, I, I mean, I think he's a really good player, but, you know, he doesn't exactly bang loads of goals in or cr- no. create too many chances. No, but it, it's different, Gary. I mean, Gundogan was marvellous, <laughs> marvellous, marvellous player. We know what he could do. He was sort of underrated at times was was Gundogan. But in terms of Kovacic and what he can bring, the way he can dribble past players, the way he's so effortless, the way he's coming to the system and not looked out of place without even proper learning the system, I think he'll score more goals. I think he'll be a joy to watch. I think he's going to have a big season at Manchester City. Yeah, Can, uh, can Haaland uh, score more goals than what he did? Well, he can. Gary? <laughs> well, if he scores the same amount, it'd be yeah. extraordinary or even a few less. I mean, he, he who knows in the team that he's he's playing. I'm yeah. kind of a little bit more interested in the in the other end of, of the team. I mean, Haaland, we know, will score a shed load of goals. But Guardiola has signed Guardiola, mm. uh, a player that we, we enjoyed watching, didn't we, during um, the World Cup? Although yeah. Messi did turn him inside yeah, out, he didn't did. he, in, in, the, <laughs> in the semi-final? But... Um, I mean, just when you think, oh, maybe they've lost one or, two, one or two players have left, they make a signing like that and you go, cool, they're going to be tough to beat again. Yeah, there will be. And um, he's a very good player despite what Messi did to him. We, we, we saw enough um, in Qatar, didn't we, to, um, to know that he's, um, he's going to be very good for them, a great asset for them, and he's only going to strengthen them. So, yeah, I've got them, uh, I've got them winning the title just ahead of Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, Pep actually thanked um, uh, thanked Messi for bringing the price down on Guardiola, apparently, <laughs> which I thought was quite amazing. Now I know you both go in Manchester City uh, for the title. Um, I'm going for them in. I'm going to put them in second place. I think, right. but um, um, not with any any confidence. Reason <laughs> to add. Uh, let's move on to the other side um, in Manchester. Um, Manchester United. It's been a steady progress under Ten Hag. Do you, do you, do you think they can continue to improve, um, Alan? Uh, in terms of position-wise, um, maybe not because I'm going to have them. Oh, I've got them certainly in Champions League again, uh, but I've got them in uh, in fourth position this year rather than where they finished last season in uh, in third. Um, I think they've made some some very good signings, which obviously will improve them. Really looking forward to seeing what uh, Rasmus Hoyland can do. Um, I know he's a youngster; they've paid a lot of money for him. But it's a lot of expectation on on his head and how they're going to play him and and Rashford and yeah in in that uh, in that team. So um, 
Yeah, I, but uh, I've, I'm impressed. You can't be anything but be impressed with the, what, uh, the, the job that Ten Hag's done. Interesting, uh, the, uh, the big change, obviously, in goal. Yeah. Um, with Anana coming in, he's probably much more comfortable uh, with his feet and that's important to the way Ten Hag plays, Micah. Yes, and I think that's exactly what they needed. Um, in the um, Champions League final, watching him up close and personal, he really has got that presence. I was sad to see De Gea go because I thought he was a legend for the club. Did so well for them, but they needed to freshen it up. They got there, man. But I'm disappointed with, with, with Man United. I expect Man United to go all out in terms of bringing in a lot of top quality players. Go out all out for Kane. Go all out for for Osserman. Go go out for the best players that are available in the market. And they've gone. They've spent with nearly two hundred million. Out, yeah, but Hoyland's outstanding. But he's only young. What is he? Twenty years of age. I mean. You can't yeah. be hanging that hopes on such a young player. Get Hoyland and another. So I'm disappointed. I just see them similar to last season. I say top four, top four. Yeah, yeah the four for me. Yeah, I, I, I'll put them in the top four as well. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Mason Mount play for Manchester mm-hmm. United. I think like most of Chelsea's players last season, they underperformed, but there was an obviously obvious reason for that. And I think Mount's an exceptional talent and I look forward um, to seeing him play. And um, I think, yeah, Manchester United top four for me as well. Mm-hmm. Now then, here we go, Alan. It's reached your team, uh, Newcastle United. Um Made a couple of signings um, in the last um, couple of days as yeah. well, um, which has probably heightened your expectations, encouraged <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the job Eddie and everyone did last year was amazing. No one saw that in terms of getting into Champions League uh, spot. So, but I, I think they'll find it very difficult to do the same again, um, particularly because how others have improved. I know they've spent a few quid. Um, Tonoli, I'm sure, will be very good. And we we, we took Harvey Barnes from your Leicester, um, and he's had yeah. a, a decent start in terms of the preseason games. Livramento, they've spent a lot of money, and I'll be interested to see how or when he, they can get him in the team because there's no moving Trippier at this moment in time. With the but Trippier can play both sides, Alan. Yeah, he could do. So that that may be what he's thinking of. Um, and he didn't play a lot last season because he had a, that serious injury, didn't he? Um, but and they have spent a lot of money on him. So I'd be I'd be surprised if he was to go straight into the into the team. I don't think it'll be for a few months until you see the best of him. But um, I think it'll be a miracle if Newcastle get in the top four again. Really? So I've, yeah, I do. Yeah, as much as I'd love it to happen, I think mm. with Champions League football, with maybe a, a good cup run and maybe nicking one of the cups this year, the FA Cup or the League Cup, I think then if Newcastle were to have a similar season than uh, than than last season, I think it would be a job well done. So I've got them finishing in fifth this year. What about up front, Micah? Uh, can they score enough goals? Can they need to keep Callum Wilson fit. Yeah, I, I really like Isak. Um, there was mm, talented. plenty of ty- times last season where he was out on the left-hand side and because he's so comfortable on the ball, they have him out there. But I want to see him as a number nine. He's the lead man. And I think, give him that confidence, give him the chances, he will score. Callum Wilson's always going to s- score goals. But I just think... If Newcastle really want to challenge and play the, the the attacking 
like f- the flow, the football they play. Isak needs to start. So I'm saying just going to miss out on Champions League. I've got them down as fifth. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say the same thing. I, th- I think Eddie Howe's outstanding, yeah. um, meticulous in his coaching, and I think he'll bring the very best out of them. I think you're in for another exciting season, Alan. You know, and obviously they've got to deal with playing in the Champions League as well. We can. Wow, um, the atmosphere at St James's Park Whoa. on Champions League. It'll be rocking out if you win the Champions League. <laughs> you wouldn't mind no. finishing fifth if you win the Champions League. <laughs> Tell you what, the, the, the not many teams will fancy coming to St James's with the, with the atmosphere that it's going to be. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. I think it's going to be another really good season for yeah. Newcastle, but we might just miss out on top four. Yeah. I'm going Europe as well. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, Nottingham Forest just survived, didn't they, um, um, last season? They had so many new players at the start of last season, didn't they? It, it almost um, it, it like a whole complete new squad. Um, and I think um, with good management uh, from Cooper, they they managed to, to stay up and they mm. stuck with him, didn't they? Even when they were struggling. And I think I think a lot of clubs can perhaps learn from that. If you think you've got someone good in charge, don't just panic as soon as a team does badly. Yeah, they didn't make it easy for him last year, did they? In what they gave him at the beginning of the season, uh, the, the the number of players for him to having to mould together. Um, but yeah, I thought he did a fabulous job. It was a really difficult job, but I, I, even with uh, even with what they've what they've brought in, um, I still think it's going to be a long, hard season. And unfortunately, I see uh, I see Forrest as one of the three that that could go. So you've got Forrest in the bottom three, Alan. I have, yeah? yes. Yeah. Oh dear, Micah. Wow, Alan! No, they've got they've got too much quality. They've got too much quality to st- well. When I say quality, too many quality players. As long as they keep the squad and there's no more outs before the uh, the transfer window is over. Yes, I don't think they're gonna pull up trees and go top ten, but I think they've got enough quality to stay in the league. So I've got them um, avoiding relegation. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a Langer play um, mm-hmm. for them. He was at Manchester United. I thought he'd, he'd showed a lot of promise. Um, so that would be interesting. I think they'll stay up. Um, and as a, as, a, as a Leicester fan, I'd love us to swap places with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but not really. I think, um, I think they'll stay up. Um, a battle against relegation again, but be safe. Yeah. Um, Sheffield United. I'm not sure the same will be true for them. Um, I, the supporters are not not that happy. I saw. I actually um, saw some tweets from Matt Fitzpatrick, the U.S. Open champion of of a year or so ago, who's a big Sheffield United fan, saying, "What on earth is going on at our club? We're just not making enough signings. We've letting players go, um, and the club's in a mess." So that doesn't bode well, Alan. No, and even even the manager Paul Heckingbottom is saying the same thing. Still, yep. st- still saying they're way short on numbers and probably quality signing, selling one of their best players, if not their best player, and and die. Um, yeah, I, I, I just can't see anything other than them going back down again. I don't know what's going on at uh, at Sheffield United in terms of um, that what they what they think they can do with what they've got. So yeah, uh, I've got them. I've got them being relegated. It's a shame, isn't it? Because obviously they they were in the Premier League a few seasons ago and they played some some good stuff and now yeah. they've got the opportunity again and it looks like the manager might not get the support he needs, Micah. No, they need to be to be better within the market, get some top quality players in. But just from a, a legend's point of view, um, real leader, captain, letting Billy Sharp go in one of the most important seasons they've had for for a couple of seasons. It seems 
strange to me because not all captains need to play week in, week out. You have a captain who's going to be great around the dressing room, can integrate the the young lads, know what it means to play for the club. And I seen an interview of him when he left and he looked very disgruntled. And I just think going into to, to the Premier League, when you're in the Championship, you need all these little things to come together. And the signings at the moment just don't look good enough. So I have them to go down as well. I think that's unanimous, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult for them. Um, as I said, he's selling one of their best players. Uh, even, even, yeah, there's a, there's just, there's no hope really from a lot of their supporters. If you're to believe social media, uh, I've got a couple of friends who are Sheffield United fans as well, and they are really, really worried. And even then, even they're saying they've got no chance. Right, let's move on to um, Tottenham Hotspur. And um, last season, obviously very disappointing, finished in eighth place. Despite that, Harry Kane scored loads of goals. Obviously, um, at this point, we're still not entirely sure uh, whether Harry is going to go or not, um, which will make a massive difference either way. Um, They have brought in, um, interestingly, uh, James Madison, who I think is a fabulous signing and an absolute snip at 40 million. I think he's a supremely talented uh, young footballer. Um, How do we think they're going to fare? Micah. I absolutely love the manager, Posta Coglu. Um, I worked with Chris Sutton many times and he banged on about him for years and years and years um, when he was in, in the J-League. And then when he got the Celtic job, everyone questioned it. Is he the right person for it? And the, the style of football he plays, he's great in interviews. I spoke to Joe Hart and he said... When he, when he came, Joe Hart said, I just need someone who's going to put their arm around me, give me the confidence in exactly that. But he's strict at the same time and he won't take any nonsense. So I think mix all them together with a style of football, I think Spurs are going to be entertaining again. And I'm looking forward to seeing Madison because I just think he's exceptional. And they spent the right few quid at centre-half position, haven't they? Mickey van der Ven um, and a young Argentinian forward. Yeah, Madison's a really good signing. If... He can link up with Kane. Then I think everything depends on Harry Kane. Yeah, where, it's really where. hard to predict with with Tottenham. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. it's they're so reliant and dependent uh, on the great man. Yeah, uh, you, look what he did. I mean, he had one of his best seasons ever last season, Harry. I mean, he's brilliant, wasn't he? Um, and he still finished eighth. Uh, and I know where the signings they had, but everything I think depends on whether Harry stays or goes. Well, he did go, go Barcelona. <laughs> well, he didn't go to Barcelona, did he? In 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 the week that no. that probably says something, doesn't it, Alan? He's going, isn't he? I don't know. I mean, whether Daniel's going to continue to dig his heels in and say no, whether he thinks there's a chance Harry might sign a new deal, I don't know. I think it's fifty fifty whether he's going to go, and their season depends on it, in my opinion. Um, I don't see them challenging for the top four, even with him, um, but. Without him, I would see them in and around eighth and ninth, something like that. Yeah, wouldn't disagree. Uh, Alan, you're going to have to hold on to the, the um, champagne just for a little while until we find <laughs> out whether, whether he's going. Um, I, I, I'm slightly biased because obviously I, I really like Spurs as I played there for three years. So I'm going to go European football, which in itself is, I don't know, it's, it's not really where I think Tottenham fans think they should be and perhaps shouldn't be as a club. It should be challenging for the Champions League, but it's I think it's going to be a big ask, particularly without uh, a certain Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, Mike, where are they going to finish? 
I'm going Europa League. I have one of the Europa League positions. I think they'll they'll finish mm. in Europe. I'm excited yeah. by this fresh Spurs side. Well, you mentioned the Europa League and we can move on to the Europa Conference League. Winners uh, last season, a terrific effort uh, from West Ham. And um, can they move on from there and, and, and perform? Because in the league, they had, had a really tough season, didn't they? And narrowly avoided relegation. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough season for them in the league. I mean, but that 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 doesn't matter um, when you consider what what they won. Um, you could see what it meant to David Moyes and to the West Ham fans. Um, it's been it's been really strange pre-season, I think, for West Ham because they must have known for for a while that Declan was going to be leaving, and then for them to to be so slow in the in the transfer market. I know they're after Maguire and McTominay. Uh, and one or two others, um, but they've been they've been really really slow, which hasn't been that positive in terms amongst their uh, amongst their fans. Um, yeah, again, I've got them. I, I, I don't see them mid table. I see them. I don't see them being relegated. I see them having enough for that. Um, I still think they've got work to yeah. do in the transfer market. So I've got mm-hmm. them. Uh, in and around 12, 13. Yes, yeah, so they have had a slow summer, but um, it's picked up a bit. They've um, signed James Ward-Prowse from Southampton for, for 30 million. Um, and as you said, Alan, they're also uh, rumoured to be in for Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay. Um, they'd be good additions, wouldn't they, Micah? Yeah, I think the whole thing with, with Harry Maguire now, it's becoming a little bit boring. I think it's just borderline... Some of the the stuff you read on on social media, it's just it's become uh, unfair. That's what it is, Mike. I think it's unfair. He's a he's a cracking player. He's a really good on the ball. He's a great pro. What more do you, what more do you need than 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 that, Gary? Yes, he's made some bad mistakes. Sometimes in your career, the pressure and the level at that moment in time just becomes a little bit too much, and unfortunately. He's made too many mistakes for the top level, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. So I think if you can get him and McTominay, get his confidence back, I think it'll be very good, shrewd signings. I'm going mid-table for for West Ham. I think um, they've still got Bowen. He scores lots of goals. I like Fournells as well. They've got some all-around good players. Good manager, David Moyes, um, proven year in, year out. And um, mid-table, everyone? Yeah, in and around mid-table for me, yeah. yeah, Maybe just below, but yeah. yeah. Agreed, agreed. We move on to our final team and um, Wolves have their problems, don't they? Going into the start of the season, um, parted company with Julen Lopetegui. Uh, They've brought in Gary O'Neill, of course, but so close to the start of the season. Surely that's problematical, Alan. Yeah, worrying, worrying times for, uh, for Wolves. I mean, once the owners had sent a letter out to the Wolves fans, um, uh, that didn't give them much hope, uh, and the managers are leaving you, uh, even before balls kicked. You know there's issues and problems. Um, so yeah, I see them in a relegation battle, Wolves this year. Micah, yes, I, I would. I would have to agree. You know, when you look at Wolves' his team last season, you think oh, some great young talent there, but they, they never really take it up a notch it's almost like you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting for them to do something and they'll play very good for seven 70 minutes then there's no end product I think they've got enough quality to stay in the league but I think they'll be struggling I agree with Alan I think they'll avoid relegation but yeah I think it'd be a tough all season I'm not so sure. I think I think they might go down. I think yeah. I've got them in my bottom three. Losing Ruben Nevers as well. 
I mean, yep. that that's a, a massive, massive loss, uh, I think. And I think that could could cost them. And if, if the club's in turmoil, that, that's a bad place to be starting the Premier League season. Agreed. Um, yeah, it doesn't look pretty there. Uh, problems there. So, yeah, difficult season for them. Okay. Um, well, we got through all um, 20 teams. I know some of you will like what we said. Some of you won't like what we said, depending on who don't you support. Don't take it personally. Don't, don't take it personally ever. And don't forget, we get a lot of things wrong. As one thing football does, it embarrasses you at some point. So those are our predictions. Some will be right. Some will be wrong. We'll be back on Monday for another episode, a more normal episode. This was obviously a special a one-off. Uh, we'll be back with the rest of his football. Well, reflecting on the opening weekend before that, uh, I will, of course, be on Match of the Day. And you two, I believe, will be joining me. Can't wait to get started. Here we go again, another season. Looking Finally, forward to it. I've made the A team, guys, eh? Yeah, only because Wright is on away doing other things. <laughs> <laughs> You're making on good sum, though, Mike. <laughs> Uh, on that note um, goodbye everyone um, and uh, thank you very much for listening and thanks for the amazing feedback we've had so far it really is appreciated um, and we're absolutely chuffed I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.